quick one. If you can hit follow or subscribe to this podcast, that really helps me track new listeners. Cheers. This week, I welcome Max Rothery, who is the VP of Community at Finimize. Now, Finimize empowers the modern investor to make smarter investing decisions. They've built a community of over 1 million investors. So I was keen to learn how Finimize will help make me a better investor, especially as I am someone who is increasingly time poor, but still wants to learn as much as possible. Now, of course, it's important to remember that the Wealth Journal is not financial advice. It's purely here for educational and entertainment purposes. And anything me and Max discuss should not be considered as a recommendation to buy or sell. And of course, if you would like to make any form of investments, I advise that you do your own research or better yet, speak to an investment professional. Now, with that out of the way, let's get cracking. So, Max, welcome to the Wealth Journal podcast. Thank you for having me. Now, Max, I want to I want to jump straight in, really, in terms of uh, what is Finimize, because there'll be a few people listening to the podcast that have maybe never heard of Finimize. So it'd be great if you could give us a bit of an insight in terms of you know what what Finimize actually is. Yeah, sure thing. So Finimize is a platform that is here to empower modern investors. Uh, we do that by putting, you know, we get world-class analysis from our analysts and we put it in a bite-sized format. So no matter how busy you are in your day, you can stay informed, discover smart investing ideas and even learn something new uh, all in less than 10 minutes a day. And I assume this is this is all pretty much part of, of, of an app. You've also got a website. Is the app the, the best way to experience it? Uh, yeah, so we actually started out as a newsletter, and that's now scaled to over a million subscribers. Um, and then a couple of years back, maybe 18 months ago, we launched our premium subscription, which is um, consumed in the mobile app. The cool thing about the mobile app is we record everything in like high-fidelity audio. Um, so again, if you're on the go, you're commuting, um, it's a great way to consume it. I think the best way to distinct between the two is the app we really focus on giving more uh, analysis um, and insights into um, uh, like practically how you can invest and, and where the opportunities are in the market. Okay. And I guess that sort of leads me on to like, how, how do you think Finimize helps people become better investors? Yeah. So I like to tell the story for like the big picture background. Um, of when I joined Finimize, the reason... I left my previous job is is I was really focused on I was sort of leading digital innovation in a, in a private bank and I was focused on uh, this is when robo advisors were becoming a thing uh, I don't think Nutmeg had launched yet I think Wealthfront had in the US um, I was really focused on okay how do we build digital products that are going to attract the next generation of of investors um, and I met my current CEO also called Max and he said it's cool but it's it's not going to work. Um, you should come to Finimize. Obviously, I say why. And he said, well, if you want to engage a generation with investing, you've got to stop telling them what to do. You have to get out of this advice mindset because that's never worked. It doesn't work with your kids. It doesn't work with your team at work. It doesn't work with anybody. Um, the more you tell people what to do, the less engaged they will be. They'll just be switched off and try and delegate all those decisions to you. What you need to do is empower them. And at the moment, there is, or at that time specifically, there was a real information asymmetry. You know, all of the 
knowledge and and data and information was sort of behind um behind what was a bit like the travel industry used to be when you're booking a holiday sat with the agent not with the the consumer and that was kind of a light bulb moment for me it was like okay well people are going to be in charge of their own lives more and more going forward but also their own investment portfolios and um, that hunch seemed to pay off uh, with the big change in um investing becoming like the zeitgeist during the pandemic so you see now the biggest difference with sort of modern investing behavior is this diy approach which we think is fantastic and, and fully support it for that exact reason like you're going to be more engaged you're going to learn more finimize fits that behavior um we don't sit down and educate you this is your you know your 10 minute um blast in the morning and we will show you our working about how we're thinking through the markets in a language that anyone can understand um but really with that modern mindset um where everything is bite sized you know we're heavily informed by our community and led by our community so it's really social uh, and everything again is like through this lens of you're a DIY investor that takes an active approach in your portfolio not a passive investor that is willing to delegate everything and just going back to your point there about how investing has or the investor has changed a little bit since the pandemic like why do you think investing has just had this monumental shift like i've seen people just so much more engaged and interested in investing all of a sudden and i know you could say people had more time during the pandemic maybe a little bit more cash and stocks were going up so there was some sort of i guess the factors that led into that but what do you think was was the sort of driving force yeah, it's a great question. I think there's a few things at play. Um, there's a bit of a perfect storm for it. I think first off, you had the technology removing the friction. So fractional investing, pre-investing apps, so no fee, um, and sort of the ease of account opening and being approved. I think that really just you know, opened the door. And then you had... I think in the pandemic, offered a really simple narrative for people to understand investing, um, potentially to its detriment. But um, but I think if you are a, it's always really difficult as a as a regular person to connect the dots between the economy and and how you invest. In the pandemic, when you see all flights stopped and EasyJet grounding all planes. But you know in your head, look, in the future, I'm going on holiday. Everyone's going to go on holiday. That business isn't going to die. And you see the stock price you know, completely wipe out. That's a really simple narrative for you to get your head around um, that doesn't involve you know, PE ratios or sentiment analysis or anything too complex. And I think that, that really helped because retail investors are narrative-driven. Um, I think add to that, you then had sort of excitement and volatility, um, which led to some zeitgeist moments. So you had obviously GME, AMC, crypto, all of those were in every single uh, headline every day. They're in all of the, and it just dominated. We used to talk a lot in me and my CEO in the early days of film. was like, how do you get people talking about investing at the pub? And then that happened. <laughs> we didn't have to try anymore. It was almost like, how do we keep up? So I think it's sort of a melting pot of all those different things of like reduced friction by technology, um, simple narratives uh, and access to information. And then uh, a couple of these sort of big zeitgeist moments that drew popular attention. Yeah. I think as well nowadays, like growing up, 
certainly my my age, people wanted to be pop stars, footballers, sports stars. Whereas now you see people coming through, they want to be entrepreneurs, investors, and they can see it on social media. They can see people being successful. I think crypto has helped engage a lot of young people just into, not crypto is quite different, but into investing as well um, because of it's a new technology, I guess. Yeah, they say that um, people who used to join the workforce wanting to be Gordon Gekka, now they want to be Steve Jobs. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing about crypto, I think crypto gets a bad rap, right? Like people think that it's all, it's the Lamborghinis and things that attract people. But the interesting part about the technology is it is built for this modern investor behavior. It's a 24-7 market. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's frictionless. Uh, well, it's frictionless once you get your head around uh, the platforms, but it's really easy. And I think that plays into this um, and it's volatile. And I think all of that plays into this sort of modern investor set of behaviors. If you're, especially in the pandemic, if you're sat on your phone all the time, I think they all start um, firing in. And then the other thing about crypto, we had a great um, interview on Finimize with uh, a fantastic, they call him the Dean of Value, uh, Aswath Damodaran, one of the greatest um, value investing professors uh, of all time. And we kind of asked this question, like, why do you think retail investors are attracted to growth stocks and crypto? Um, and he simply said, it's like, because people want to make money. And, you know, if you're sat there and houses are seem quite unaffordable and companies are going private much earlier, if you had the opportunity to invest in Microsoft, you know, at its VC stage, then hell yeah, you can see that growing. And that's why companies like Airbnb attracts a lot of attention because they can see that in their own life, like they're using it more and they can see the potential of that going forwards. And there's that, or there's like a two, 3% dividend that you can get from a pretty stable company that doesn't really fit the narrative of where they see the world going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And in, in terms of some of the things on offer them for Finimize, that will help investors. You know, I've had a look at the, um, you know, been on the app and um, like daily briefings and things like that. What what will somebody get when they when they join Finimize? So, I like to talk about so a big the thing that's different about Finimize to any other fintech brand out there. Maybe maybe less so now, but definitely when we started, is that it's a community. Um, it was started as a community. Everything we build is informed by our community. Everything we do is informed by our community. And you can discuss and attend events run by other community members all around the world. Um, but, I, but what I talk to our community a lot about is like your information diet or the old IT term garbage in, garbage out. If you're consuming rubbish and hyperbole every day, then that's going to inform how you think about the markets. So what we try and do is, like, we hire all of our analysts. They're all uh, very high level. So, sort of, their backgrounds are Goldman Sachs, Fidelity, Schroders, Wells Fargo. Really, really high quality, like professional, the top of the professional grade analysts. And we take that and we try and pipe it into um, a way that anyone can understand uh, in less than ten minutes. So what you start to see is every day you're just checking in and you're hearing guaranteed smart opinions and informed opinions um that give you they kind of show they're working as they do it so not only do you get up to date on what just the biggest news in like three minutes but you also get to hear an analyst talk through how they would interpret um uh you know something that you're reading about or you're seeing in the world so inflation right now or and recession is like 
on everybody's mind. It doesn't matter if you're an investor or not. Like you see your mortgage payments going up. Um, you know, you see the prices of everything going up. How do you, how do you know what to do next? And the truth is no one knows, but what you need is like a framework so you can start coming to your own conclusions. So what you'll get with Finimize is you'll have an analyst really think that through and in five minutes give you a framework to start thinking about that problem in your own, in your own life and in your own investment portfolio. Um, cause it's, that's really what Finimize is for is to help people think for themselves. So perhaps, you know, we also have a bunch of what we call packs, which are like deep dives on, well, deep dives for Finimize are 10 minutes, but deep dives on different sectors. So if you are thinking about investing in electric vehicles, go and listen to the Finimize pack on it because it will give you the background of how revenue streams work in the electric vehicle industry and potential areas that you can think about investing. Um, or if you're trying to choose a fund, go and read our pack on or listen to our pack on, on funds because that will have an analyst breakdown like, look, here's ways that you can think about that. Um, so in general, you're going to get smarter over a period of time, uh, using Finimize, um, is the goal. I guess that's sort of, I I did have another question here around Finimize versus the content that that's out there for free. These are, which is obviously is, is quite a lot. You can go on YouTube and watch videos. You can obviously follow Twitter and, and things like that. I guess what you're saying here is the main difference is that you've got you know, actual analysts from the industry that are high level providing you with this content. And I think we discussed when we had our sort of pre-meet about this call that I was um, a member of Medium and I used to get sort of people's takes on the markets and things like that. I think I actually wrote a few articles myself on there, but actually I don't really know who these people are that are providing this commentary. It could be anyone. Whereas Finimize, like you said, you've got industry experts with experience helping people navigate what's going on in the world. I guess that's the key difference, isn't it? It is. And it's basically, to me, it seems so simple how Finimize has been successful. We talk about this modern investor. We talk about how they have new new behaviors. And we talk about the importance it is of getting access to information. And when you are a modern investor, which is like one of the internal ways we describe the modern investor is like, it's created this opportunity for casual investing. And that has created this, this gap in the market where a lot of high-quality investing information and financial information is out there, but it's often paywalled um, behind traditional media subscriptions or data platforms that are you know, really expensive. Yeah. You know, the, the cheapest you're talking is like £300 a year. for, a, And that's like my Spotify subscription, my Netflix subscription isn't anywhere near that. Um. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you've got loads of free content. And I'm sure we've all been through this where you try and Google, like, what should I invest in? How do I invest? Like, what, what's the best electric vehicle stock to buy? What's the best crypto that I should be investing in? And it's just overwhelming. Um, and, and the same with social media. It's really difficult. This, some of the stuff is great. Some of the stuff is rubbish. And there's just loads of noise. And, and back to this point around, like, trying to create investing insights for busy people. I don't have the time to watch hours of YouTube videos every day. I definitely don't have the time to filter and curate my feeds in a way that's useful. So being able to pay for a service that sits in the middle, that is still high quality, but is built for this modern investor in bite-sized mobile and social ways, that's why Finimize has kind of really risen to prominence um, in this time, is that like claiming that middle space that's out there in the market. Yeah. 
and you've obviously done a, a good job at that because I think the Finimize community now is over a, a million, is it? Is that right? Over a million investors? It is over a million. A lot of people get confused when we say community because I think a lot of brands have bastardized the term, um, like confusing it with audience. The coolest thing, the thing I'm proudest of at, at Finimize and our community that we genuinely build connections between people. We genuinely care about people being passionate in our mission. And one of the best ways that that's come through is we now run the largest finance events program on the planet. So we have about 70 to 100,000 people come to our Finimize events every year. Those events are run by volunteer members of the Finimize community just because they believe in this mission that we're on. And like, that's real community because that's not us putting on events and broadcasting to the audience. That's, that's our members coming together and be like, the mission we're on is so important about empowering modern investors to take control of their own finances that they want to be part of it. They want to be part of the solution. Um, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about like, how you've been able to, to build that community? I mean, for someone who's got a podcast and obviously I'm trying to build an audience, maybe a selfish question. What have been some of the key things that you think have led to the, the success of that community? So... One of the things is we hit on a real need. I think more and more you're seeing people filling into this gap, but we really, there weren't investing newsletters when we started. Definitely not focused on retail investors. Um, You know, the way that we break things down is like, here's what you need to know. Here's why you should care. And like, here's what it means for you. And that's it. Was pretty revolutionary for finance content. Because before... Everyone put value in complexity and broadsheets and depth and PDF to see something that was so short and bite-sized and consumable hit that need. That really helps because in the early days when you're trying to grow, it's all about organic and word of mouth and trying to drive partnerships. Um, And then that started to scale very nicely. And then, you know, we started to add a few things to add fuel to the fire um, like referral programs and really engaging the community. And then obviously as we get bigger, we start moving into uh, marketing tactics that I I try and separate from community because I think if you want your business to grow, hire a growth person. Uh, if you want to build community, hire a community person. Um, but what we've always done is listen to our members and not anyone else. You know, that that sense of community has given us deeper insight into our audience which is why we didn't build a brokerage platform. We built an information source because we knew the problem that people faced wasn't access to being able to buy a stock anymore. It's particularly in the UK and US. It was access to like understanding what to do next. So we, f- we saw very early on that specifically in sort of UK and US, democratize- the access to stock markets has been democratized. We wanted to focus on democratizing access to information. So listening to our customers rather than the market i think is the number one thing anyone can learn um from finimizer's success in growth and i guess what what is it that you've learned from the community about the modern retail investor is there anything that you've sort of you know if you take all these a million uh, people is there any sort of things that you could just say yeah this is the sort of modern investor or this is where they're heading it'd be good to sort of understand what they're like yeah. Um, I personally, I think that we know this audience better than anyone else because we have taken the community approach and we listen to them and I've witnessed thousands of conversations on a weekly basis, uh, organically between our members and participate in a few. Um, 
I think the three key traits that are different about the modern investor compared to previous generations is they learn by doing, not by sitting down and reading a book. There's a great Bruce Lee quote that you don't learn to swim by sitting on the side of the bank and reading about it. Um, you actually have to get in. So they learn by doing. They active, they're active with their investments. Um, the second is that they're time poor. So back to this concept of like a casual investor. This isn't someone that wants to become a professional like cooking gets this, right? I love cooking, but I don't want to be a chef. <laughs> I don't want to be that technical level, but give me some tips so I can feel a bit smarter than, than the average and slowly improve. Um, so Lemma doing, everything has to be bite-sized because they're time poor. And then finally, they're social. This is really important because from everything that, all the research that we've done, everything that I understand from these members, they place as much value in their peers and social commentary as they do in analysis. Those, those two things are on a level. The way retail investors make decisions is they triangulate different pieces of information. So it might be some news articles. It might be something that their friend has said. It might be some smart analysis they've seen. It might be some data that they've seen. And they're all little bite-sized pieces that they kind of put together and it triangulates on, okay, I've got some confidence in this decision. So social has to be part of that journey. And that's why you're seeing the new wave of brokerage platforms really focus on integrating a layer of social. So I think in the US, public.com have done a fantastic job of being the alternative to Robinhood um, by focusing on that social layer. You're seeing in Europe, um, shares, uh, Lightyear, um, free trade have, have also you know, uh, put some time into community as well. I think this social layer was the missing puzzle piece for brokerage platforms. And I think that's where you're going to see a lot of competition next. So they're bite-sized, time poor, and they're very social in their investing. Yeah, it's interesting that point as well around like peers, because I, w- I would say as a retail investor, there's been a few maybe market commentators or whatever you want to call them that I've sort of maybe liked initially and then followed them and almost taken every, every single thing they've said as this is what's going to happen. And then over time, you maybe see things play out like completely differently. <laughs> um, and I've probably learned actually now to probably have a mixed you know, bag of, of different opinions to, to learn from and then actually make my own informed decision. Would you say Finimize is quite good at providing your, your retail investors with, with balance to, to different arguments? That is our USP. And it's the one thing that I think... So, so Finimize really isn't a cheap option versus traditional media. What we are is actually a premium option versus free stuff. Because the thing that gets attention on free platforms, and free platforms are basically monetized by advertising, so they need eyeballs. The thing that gets clicks and attention and likes is exactly what you're talking about, is tips. Is direct. This is going to happen in the market. Because yeah. when you start out on your investment journey, that's what you want. You want someone to tell you what to do. What Finimize believes in, and has always believed in at its core, is like you are the master of your own destiny. You're the captain of your own ship. If you make a mistake, that's on your shoulders, but you're going to learn from it. And that gives you a compass to decide where to go next. So if you'll, you'll see in all of our articles, we never say, and, and we'll never, we definitely don't make direct recommendation, but we'll never just give one side of the story. What we'll say is like, look, if you're, EV is a, a great example. When our analyst Redder wrote about EVs, the first thing he did that was amazing was in about 30 seconds explained how the EV landscape worked and where re- revenues came from. The second thing he did was, well, if you are interested in this as an opportunity, like here's, here's one way that you can look at that. Is like, let's look at the supply chain. 
because picking who's going to win out of the the individual stocks and the individual car companies is very difficult and potentially a zero-sum game. So let's look further up that supply chain. If you're interested in the supply chain, here's what those areas look like. Here's how those revenue streams work. And then here's some funds that play in that space. If you don't believe in the EV industry, here's perhaps you might want to look at the battery sector. You know, and it's just about broadening your horizons and giving you options to start thinking through that as a framework. That's Finimizer's, you know, special source. Um, because it's a fool's game. No one has ever been correct uh, predicting what's going to go up, what's going to go down. It's like, it's all going to go up and down over the rest of your life. No one knows the answer to that. Um, but giving you enough information and framework to make your own decisions and go on that sort of self-discovery journey, we believe is the most powerful way to become a smart investor. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. And what sort of trends are you seeing at the moment you know, across the Finimize community, obviously the markets are very different to what they were during the, the pandemic. There's a lot more uncertainty. Yeah. Um, what are you seeing from that side of things? The coolest thing that I'm seeing is people sticking around. I think you'd expect any sign of capitulation to send retail investors running. And probably historically that has that's been the case. That's not what we're seeing in our community at all. What we're seeing is people continuing to invest so the dollar cost averaging that happens on a monthly basis is continuing to happen. What we are seeing is a rotation towards funds and safer investments. So like funds, index funds away from away from growth stocks while they sit and wait and see what's happening with the with the economy. Um, we're seeing less activity, as in like less volume of of investments on a weekly basis or monthly basis. But we're seeing the same amount being invested into, uh, yeah. In index funds and and more diverse investments. So funny because it's it's literally just exactly what I've <laughs> I've been doing. Like last last go. year, yeah, last year I was a stock picking genius. Uh, I managed to you know pick great stocks, and then you know this year I've seen a lot of them picks gone. F- you know, going from profit to losses, and then actually questioning my my belief system and and things like that, and started to switch way more heavily towards indexes you know broader portfolios um, so this, this is my philosophy on investing um and it can be controversial in when we talk to you know, wealth managers and finance houses is i honestly believe the journey you've just descri- just described has more potential to increase the net worth of our generation than trying to sit everyone down and saying no, you can't invest. You should just put your money in passive funds because you've gone on that journey yourself now. Yes, it's gone up. Yes, it's gone down. You know what to do. You know, you know to put into those index funds. And because you've been through that yourself, you know exactly where you're gonna where you're gonna invest your money. And we've managed to engage back to sort of looping it back to the very stars. Like we managed to engage people with investing because we're letting them be in control rather than telling them what to do. So that the behavior you're talking about is exactly what I'm seeing in the community and it it makes my heart warm. That there's hope that we can we can engage the world of investing. Yeah, and like I say, learning by doing has definitely been uh, sometimes tough lessons, but I think um, I think valuable at the same time in terms of my own personal journey. And I've I've obviously documented a lot of my investment journey on this podcast. And when I think back to some previous episodes where I started, I think I started 2022 almost like this is how I'm going to structure my portfolio. These are the investments I'm going to make. And if I was to listen back to that episode now, it's 
my approach is completely different. And I almost want to have an evergreen approach to my episodes that you can, you know, they have long lasting value, but the problem with investing is that the landscape changes so, so much. Um, like, Hey, that's life. Right? We would all have love to have principles that we stick to constantly, but that isn't how it works. But also like, look at the professional managers. They do the same thing. You know, like it's really, it's really difficult to keep making this separation. Like there are fund managers out there who have done complete about turns in their portfolio approach because it's natural. Everyone gets caught up in the hype cycle. Look at, you know, the VCs out there investing really large sums again. Um, so yeah, I don't, I can't see anywhere, any way else um, for true enlightenment of the retail investor other than going on that journey yourself. Yeah, I agree. And um, why do you think it is important to make investing less complicated? And I I guess here, I know we just discussed this when we caught up, there's this term sophisticated investor versus just the general retail investor. I can see you smiling about this because I, I know we covered it. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts around that and how investors are probably viewed from the, the, the industry as a whole, whether it's through the institutions, the, the small retail investor versus the sophisticated investor? Yeah, I think we I think we were joking that sophisticated investor is actually defined by how much money you've got rather than how sophisticated you are. Yeah. Uh, which, which is crazy because again, having worked in wealth management, the amount of money you have has got pretty much zero correlation to your financial literacy in my experience. Might be wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, guess I guess for the listener just to clarify, I think a sophisticated investor is classed as somebody who earns 100 100k a year and has assets of around about 250 300k outside of their house so that that pretty much determines if they're smart enough or not just purely based on whether they've got cash yeah exactly and there's you know um, there's a lot of very good reasons behind that but it's a good it's a good title to laugh at um but i think think in terms of perception so i think a the tide is turning there's no doubt that every financial institution knows that their future customers are going to have are going to be part of this wealth transfer and knows that they need to tap tap into this on the investor base. People are taking that element seriously. I think from a media perspective, at the downside of the pandemic, which is one of the greatest onboarding of retail investors into the stock market ever, um, and especially amazing if we can, you know, if more people have the journey you've been on, as you know, we come out as more informed investors and stay engaged in in the market. There's this term of amateur day trader, um, and that kind of grabs headlines and that kind of labels people. And it's just not what we see in our community. Like we see people that are smart, making informed decisions and trying to take control of their own investments, not just trying to randomly speculate on um, altcoins and have got very rational decisions for what they invest in. Um, and they're probably more growth orientated than a than a a traditional financial advisor, but they've got pretty good reason um, to do so. And I think the danger, the danger with that is that you kind of create this, uh, the, the financial industry for decades had placed this importance on how do we get more people investing their money, whether that's through their pensions in their portfolio, how do we get people investing their money? So there isn't surplus cash being eroded by inflation. Retail investors then enter the market 
And then the media can grab those headlines and start laughing at them, you know, and pointing the finger. And, you know, we're kind of sat here being like, hold on, like, <laughs> this is... This is amazing. This is what we've always wanted. People are now engaging. Sure, they're not doing what you want them to do, which is going into straight into your diversified portfolio that you'll manage for them and charge a fee. They're going in, they've been hooked by the exciting stuff that's going on in the markets. But I think the danger with sort of laughing at that audience and, and trying to label them all with this brush as amateur day traders doesn't do anyone a good service at all. I think really what it is, is like, let's focus on what really matters. Um, are we going to increase the net worth of, a, of the next generation or not? And mm-hmm. like I said, to me, this is the best path. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I'm keen to sort of as well understand, because you've, you've obviously worked at a few different places before, Finimize, um, like wealth management. Is there anything that you've learned about investing, whether that's through working at Finimize or even some of your past experiences that's that's really stuck with you or you wish you knew earlier in life? The first thing is that good investing really isn't that hard from a practical perspective. It's, what it is is really hard from a behavioral perspective. And that will stay with me forever because you can go to the most sophisticated wealth managers in the world and people like complexity, nine times out of 10, there's an off-the-shelf portfolio that you should put most of your money in. And the rest is tax structuring and, and like financial planning. Nine out of 10 people in the world can do that for so cheap. You can go to Vanguard and put your money in a diversified portfolio for like, it feels like 0.2% or something. Yep. Any surplus cash. The difficult part is the behavioral piece. Like we've just seen over the last two years, the amount of people I had texting me, telling me, telling me that they'd done the analysis on the new crypto and it's going to go to the phone. And these are friends that have no interest in what I did at work. The amount of people, and even me, I'm getting sucked into it, into that hype as well. Like, no way. <laughs> Send me the link. Let me read the white paper. That stuff is really hard. Um, and like, that's an extreme example, but even like investing um, in growth stocks, or even like when you have to buy a house, you need money. You can't invest all of your deposit. And then when it comes to trying to buy that house, be like, oh, markets are down. So, my biggest takeaway is that practically it's easy to be a good investor, but the behavioral part is, is the hardest. And that's true whether you've got a hundred pounds to invest or a hundred million. Yeah. I think that complexity thing as well as uh, I've seen a quote from Warren Buffett in the past that investing isn't like Olympic diving. You don't score more points for a more difficult dive. If you can keep it simple, you can, you can do just as well, really. Um, exactly. And but there's a, the whole piece that I'm learning with Finimize is there's a dichotomy to the whole thing. Whereas passive long-term investing is so boring that you won't even start. True. So I think what we're starting to see is it's much more common with our community that you see like an 80-20 approach where 80% of the money goes into these sort of passive regular index funds and 20% they're more active with. And in the industry, they would just refer to that as like a core satellite approach. But I see that being able to drive the engagement because back to this point of like people learn by doing, by investing and being active in your decisions, you're going to learn more. You're going to consume more information. You know, you're going to, you're going to get involved in that to... And that will help you become a smarter investor. You just want to try and not do that with all of your money. 
Yeah. Uh, and that, that sort of rings true with a few of the guests that I've had on the podcast, particularly those that are a bit more involved in the um, financial industry where 80% of their portfolio is locked up in diversified funds, whereas the other 20% is around areas that they've got high conviction in, whether it's like thematic themes or things like that. So I think that it's that area where you'll you'll probably learn a huge amount and maybe get some of your higher returns over the long period of time. Um, so yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, Max, a bit of a, um, I don't know if this is a left field question, but... Um, Uh-oh, what's coming? <laughs> <laughs> What's what's the best investment you've ever made? But you can answer this either through a financial investment or something outside of that, whether it's um, you invested in learning a, a language which enabled you to do X, Y, and Z or whatever it may be. Um, what sort of, what springs to mind for you? Um, I think it was the decision to leave a cushy job in finance and take a risk on a four-person startup um, that that would give you equity on the understanding that there's a very, very, very slim chance that one day it might work out. Um, and I think the lesson that that taught me was about there's no reward without risk. And there's no, there's no way in life that you can get a really high reward without understanding that, you know, there's, 99 other ways that this isn't going to work um so yeah joining finimize was my my best investment i've made and it was a lot of it was through naivety and and self un, unfounded self-confidence more than um more than a calculated uh smart decision very good and what just while we're on finimize what would you say is the, the best thing about working at finimize The coolest thing about Finimize is the best thing about working here is the same reason I joined, the same reason people sign up to Finimize, and the same reason we've been able to hire you know, incredible staff is that we believe in empowerment culture. We believe in empowerment culture coming to financial markets, as in people should be in charge of their own lives. Um, we believe in empowerment culture when it comes to our staff. In the early days, we always would try and hire people that had side hustles because to us, that was a proof point that was, you know, you're willing to take risks, you're willing to um, think for yourself and take action in life. Um, And ultimately, that's what we believe for our customers as well, is like you said, we're we're not going to tell you what to do. We're going to give you a range of options and it's up to you where you go. Um, But the culture that we have at Finimize around empowerment comes down like we think about it so deeply that we change our processes we adapt our tooling um, to make sure you have access to data access to information access to tools for you to come up with what you're going to work on so everyone in our team decides what they're going to work on that quarter you set your own goals Um, as a team we come together we set the most important thing for the company to work on then it's up to you what you work on Um, and that is true at every level. And what that, what that enables is the same thing it enables in your investing life. That empowerment means that if something's off track, it's on you and you course correct. When you see people in cultures and traditional cultures in work disengaged, it's normally because they're not empowered and don't have control over what they're working on. And just, you, just feel like, you just feel like you're turning up and you're wearing the suit because everyone else is. 
you know, you turn up, you're doing, you're doing the work because someone told you to do it. If it's not that great, then, you know, you should have told me to do something else. Whereas that empowerment culture, which is true for our, our customers, our culture, and what we think should change in, in, in the financial markets, you're engaged because it's on you. And if it goes wrong, it's on you. And if it goes right, it's on you. Um, so that's the most special thing about uh, this very cool company that um, we're building. Very good. And for people listening to the podcast and they want to learn more about Finimize, potentially set up an account, what's the, what's the best place for them to go? How would they do that? App Store. Go to the App Store, find Finimize. We're at Apple's app of the day recently. Um, we're often in um, their top finance apps as well, but go to the App Store, find Finimize. We do a seven-day free trial, so you can even test it out for free. Um, but I think you'll see what I mean. It's, it's very cool. And, and a week is long enough for you to start seeing the benefits in the way that you're thinking and, and how you feel and your confidence with your portfolio and investments for sure. Yeah, 100%. I back that up. Um, I've been using the platform. And I, like you said, the, the daily briefings or some of the analysis that you'd be interested in, how to analyze a stock. And then you can also listen to a lot of the content, which is which is really easy for me to do as well. So um, yeah, I definitely recommend that people people check it out. Um, so, well, Max, thank you for thank you for joining me today. Um, it's been great to get your your thoughts. Uh, always great to learn more about the, the retail investor and um, certainly for me as well. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, thanks for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. 